What's up? Sam Holt. How's it hey. going? So could you hear that? Could you hear that music? Yes. Where was that from? I was well, that was gonna be the trivia question to start the night. Well, I think it was me, but I couldn't <laughs> I don't I don't it know. Was, it was that's correct. It was you. Either Chicago or Louisville. We played at both those places. Yeah, it was it was Louisville. Louisville as we call it here in in Kentucky. Louisville. Uh it was sixty what sixteen years and one day ago. Is that eight, about that? eight two? Eight two. Eight two. Man. Uh, it was the end of the end of the second set. I think it was do what you like, Arlene postcard, maybe. That sounds right. Yeah. That was a I, fun I, night. Yeah, man. Those were that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh so good on you for recognizing that. And as it started playing, I was like, God, I hope this isn't like a keen solo to start, because that would have been <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> right. Yeah. That would have been yeah, that would have been I'm sure it was really good. It'd be yeah, cool yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, welcome in, folks. Uh, we're doing we're doing a live stream thing tonight here uh, with with our good friend, Mr. Sam Holt. Um, how you doing, man? How was the summer? How's the summer been for you guys? Summer's been hot AF, but um, good. Yeah. Trying to have a positive mental attitude in this world is challenging, but that's been the case for a few years now. I believe you are correct. Um, <laughs> you had some shows. You had some shows. What? When? When were the last shows? Was that in uh, May? Uh, in May, we okay. did a weekend in May, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday in uh, Asheville, uh, Charleston, and Birmingham, and it was yeah. awesome. That's yeah. the first time we had played together since uh, August tenth, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I bet that felt good. And uh, it felt great. I was nervous. We were all a little nervous. Really? Like, man, I w- yeah. The first, it took me a set, honestly, to mm. get comfortable. Get your sea legs, right? Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about lots of things, but, but you've got some more shows coming up next weekend. Are you nervous about those? Um, I always get nervous slash anxious when we have shows coming up just because that's just the way I am (laughs) but I'm excited to play and as you probably know um, the first night we're playing August 10th will be the 20th anniversary of Michael Hauser's passing which is incredible yeah it's been 20 years 
and then we're doing two more nights at the same venue, Smith's Old Bar in Atlanta. After yeah. the there's after there's the the poster, panics, yeah, or, or a version of the poster that the JT did, which is just awesome. I'm assuming that folks can get a copy of that poster at the show. J, yeah, designed by JT Lucchese, print printed by JT Lucchese, and signed and numbered. There are 75, nice. I believe, and they are being sold at the show. Um, shows and proceeds from those sales will go to Nucci Space in, in Athens, which has a music program called the Mikey Hauser Preempt program which targets like fourth fifth graders there's i think they got three public schools that they uh work with and it's uh after school program and it's it's geared towards kids that have never picked up an instrument or had access to them like so there's no prerequisite like from my from my understanding some of the programs you maybe have to have a leg up or maybe have an idea or some familiar familiarity with the music or an instrument, but this is just to get them in the hands of kids who want to just try it. Nice. Um, Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. So those are, that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yes. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And after panic at the Fox. Yes. Right. And um, how does, are you you guys gonna are you will you guys work out set lists on ahead of time for three nights that seems like you need to make a little bit of plan right you can't just for the first night for the first night i ideally we would have a list of songs that we can work from and you know if panic plays stuff that that's on our list that were mike songs we won't play those most likely Mm -hmm. Or if they, you know, bust out anything, we wouldn't play that, obviously. Um, but and you know, we have stuff off Sandbox and and uh, mm-hmm. maybe some stuff that the current version of Panic doesn't play. Uh, so we'll have we'll have a big list going. I don't know. We probably won't put it in order till get close to showtime. And we, um, I don't know which nights, but we will have Cameron Williams sitting in. Yeah, I was going to mention that. So Cameron, Cameron was in, uh, or still is in Tishomingo. Is that still? Is that still exist? I don't know. I'm sure they exist in some form. I don't know if they play much, but mm-hmm. uh, so he'll be there. I need to talk to him because we have said yes, let's play, but we right. haven't discussed many details. So he will yeah. be there some point um and i'm sure there's always the opportunity for other special guests um that yeah. maybe maybe around yeah. so um that's gonna be that's gonna be super exciting um so what do you what do you think i know that you know you're you're not maybe as up on the current um you know version of the band as as you were for the, like 90 92 93 but would you think that uh i mean they're they brought a lot of mike songs back uh you know, okay. over the years. Yeah. Um, but I, do you think that there's there's a chance that, that something might come back that we haven't seen since? I mean, I, I don't. I would think so. I mean, right. I would think they would understand. Someone will bring to their attention. <laughs> like, hey, FYI. Yeah. Right. And uh, and I mean, and then, we 
and you you were part of the tenth, right? That was at the Georgia Theater. Um, oh yeah, in uh, twenty twelve, yeah. Right, and and JB and was anybody else? Todd probably. Todd was there, man. Um, there was a bunch of bands there, and mm. Outformation. That was the last time Outformation played together, and oh, JB wow. and John Keane played with us, and then there was like a big, like a band that JB played with. I remember they did like, I'm not alone and hmm. maybe walking and some stuff. And then at the end there was like a big porch song. And then like Todd's band, the romper stompers that's with Danny. Well, was with Danny mm-hmm. and William Tonks and crumpy Edwards. These are guys, Athens musicians. Uh, they played a set and I remember I played drives me to drink with them. And one other song, but I don't, I don't remember what it was. That was a fun, that was a fun night. I'm sure. So here, here are the tracks, here are the songs that haven't been played since, um, since Mikey was been in the band. So sandbox still out there, mm-hmm. uh, raise the roof, um, West Virginia. Um, uh, and then like, you know, sp- sp- smoke and burn. It was you. Yeah. And uh, I'd say that's pretty much, those are the ones having a ball. You know, obviously that's a big one. Yeah. That's kind of a, who knows. Right. So, so do you, you can make a prediction. You think one of those comes back? Man, it's, it's hard to say. I'm not as tuned in as I once was. And I would think they would do something special, even if it's just a set of his music or Mm. something. I mean, yeah. How could they not? I mean, right. I know cool. they want to make it look good on paper, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm sure. How could they not? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so you got your shows those nights. It's at Smith's old bar. Yes. And you guys, I know uh, I've been with you for after shows. Like you guys are, you're watching for when, when the panic show ends and you give yes. folks some time to, to make their way over you know, from, from the panic show to your show. And so y'all be ready to rock when folks walk in the door. Yeah. I think doors are, they, at least they're listed as 1130 for our show. So I'm hoping that people get, you know, we can start by 12 and play till two or something like that. I know, uh, I see Paul priest on here. I know I'm old Sam and that's, Mm. that's super late for some of Mm. us. (laughs) Me too, man. They're going to have to wake me up. (laughs) You gotta watch Matlock at like six and take uh, your little nap, and then and get go to going Captain and, D's you know. for the, about five p.m. <laughs> um, so so we've got some tunes to to play for folks today too uh, that you that you dug out of. I just, I mean, one of these days I want to come just like, can I just dig through the box because it sounds like there's yeah. all kinds of things happening in the box. Just <laughs> dust off these old cassettes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I was, I had run like when, uh, like when I was working for the band for the first year or so, uh, I, they, there was a cassette recorder at front of house and, you know, some nights I'd be like, Hey, will you run a tape for me? And 
And it was just like to listen to maybe after the tour to check out what the guitar sounded like, or, you know, just to, if there was That's a, really a reasonable show. request for the guy, yeah. that, you know, is in charge yeah. of keeping the guitars in tune. So anyway, so I ended up with a couple of those and I hadn't found, I haven't seen them in so long. And I was, that was at my buddy KJ's house and uh, he has all my old dat tapes and stuff. And he, and I was looking through them and he's like, there's also this box. And so I was looking at it and I was like, oh, no way. These are the cassettes from then. So I, so they don't sound, I mean, there's, I probably played them in my car a hundred times. So there's mm -hmm. definitely hiss and stuff on them, but they're, there's some ripping shows and uh, I transferred a couple things over the last few days for you to play. Uh, what were we going to play first? The Eugene? Yeah, I think we'll do the Eugene first. And I know that you've talked about uh, the shows in, in fall of 2000, right? Being like where you, where the, the band was in a pretty good place, right? That that's my personal, like, highlight like i really that's my favorite tour ever i mean there's personal reasons but also i felt yeah. like the band was just on fire and mm -hmm. like the sound and the production had all like come together at that moment and right we had spent there, a lot there of were some bumps along the there's some bumps along the road right i mean because it was mm -hmm. it was the you know you talked about the sort of rise and then and then things got accelerated a little bit mm -hmm. in the late 90s and it's you know mm -hmm. it's hard to kind of pull all that together at once and yeah, I think I think uh, there was new lighting and new sound crew and new PA and new mm -hmm. lighting gear and and uh, people were just so excited and just having that new energy around the band and being on the tour. I think really the band loved that. You know, people people were genuinely excited and you know ready to come to work and mm -hmm. go for it. You know, really focus and and make the show the best they could not that the people before didn't right but but it's just new like just new excitement in the air right so i think i feel maybe we've talked about this before i know jeff and i have talked about wasn't there some it was like fall of 98 that they got some new pa like from like metallica there, yeah. or something like there was imagining um, that? I've, I've i think it was what is called the VDOSC system, yeah. which was a, I believe a line array system. Uh, I don't want to get too technical here, but that was kind of a cutting edge thing at that point. Um, and I believe they had taken that. I remember going to new year's 98 and seeing that PA and hearing that PA. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and I think it even got stepped up more in a, in fall 2000. So was that still the same sort of base system and they just added things to it or was there something new by then? Um, I think, I can't remember exactly. I think it was still a line array, but maybe they had made some more advances and mm. uh, the person mixing was like one of the best in the industry. His name was Andy Meyer. He's still mm -hmm. out there. Uh, and I think, I think he, he was really into it. And he was like literally one of the best in the world at what mm. he did. And uh, I think that was exciting. And uh, he yeah. definitely worked with me on the guitar tones. Like we would sit up there for, you know, an hour or more mm. and just uh, let's move the mic around. Let's try this, turn this up, turn this down. What if you, 
you know, try, what if you did this? What if you did that? And he would sit out there at front of house and just listen to me play and then tweak it as the day went on and then tweak it show to show, you know, cause based on the room and stuff, based right? on the room and like how they play, you know, I don't play mm-hmm. exactly like them. And also it changes a lot when there's a full band playing as opposed to mm-hmm. one guitar playing by itself. But it was just a lot of focus on the production and making it the best it could be. And I think it was palpable. And I think, mm-hmm. I think the shows were just phenomenal. Um, speaking of mixing, uh, have you listened to the, uh, the Miss Kitty's lounge release? I know that was a, that was a recording that, that had been around, you know, uh, and made the circles, but it sounds very different <laughs> on this yeah. than it did on the ones that we heard. Right. What do you have any, yeah. any opinions on that? Oh man, it's great. It's a beautiful snapshot of the band at, you know, at a great time before the mm-hmm. keyboards came in, but a lot of the songs had developed. They had some of their most classic, awesome songs. And, mm-hmm. and they were, I remember I texted Dave about it not too long ago after it came out. And he was like, yeah, we were just getting so many new songs. We just had to get them down and make sure mm-hmm. we captured them, you know, even if it was just for us. Right. Um, and I think John Keen did a great job and I, it's great, man. It's awesome to be able to listen to that. I loved looking at the, I don't know what those things are, are called, but in the, in the vinyl insert, it has like all of the, this, that was 24 track, I guess. Right. Like the notes for each mm-hmm. channel and like, what was there? Yeah. And like, I, I get, I was just like geek out and looking at, you know, how they did each track differently, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Multi-track. I was probably two inch tape. And I mm-hmm. believe Dave told me that, John Keane found those, found that tape, and they do a process now where if it's, I don't know how old it needs to be to do this, right. but they literally bake the tapes. Yeah. To make to get, you know, then they got one. I think I don't know, maybe one. Yeah, like two one good pass is right. Yeah. 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 No, so and I think they do. That. I mean, I remember reading that like with old Dats too. Like if you wanted a chance to get mm-hmm. back, you know, if it again, you got like one shot at it. <laughs> Yeah, know, to get a good pass before it all just disintegrates. In, in the yeah, back. but it's but, it's cool. I'm I'm glad to to be able to listen to that, and it's just literally at a, a click away. That's what mm-hmm. just blows me away, man. We're we're so old that we used to send cassettes through the mail mm-hmm. and be so excited about it. I mean, that was it would Still, be the highlight of my week, right? When yeah, when there was a, you open the mailbox and there was a brown package in there. <laughs> what was in what was awaiting inside yeah so good times um, all right so the other thing that i wanted to talk a little bit about because you were talking about working with uh with those guys dialing in the sound was like what <laughs> we talked about the one show in 2000 where where jb's guitar uh or i don't remember what happened but it was like a total disaster on stage of which there's video which is great <laughs> so yeah, it's everyone to watch it. It's but funny. It happened. Yeah, right. And it was it's a learning experience. Yeah. At this point, we can laugh. But yes. um, what kind of things did you do during the show? So obviously, like you know, in advance of the show and and after the show, you've got lots of jobs. But like, yeah, um, you know, listening to listening to the two thousand show where um, you know you hear your JB and Mike both like playing playing wah a lot and like so they're in control of their pedals but like right are there things that, that you've got to adjust you know like sort of i don't know settings wise or you know what i mean that you need Once, to be on point for 
Um, once the show started, it was pretty much me reacting to mm. what they needed. Um, you know, things would happen like JB would change guitars. Uh, you know, he had a few songs that that I knew he was going to change guitars, like uh, usually Hatfield. Although occasionally he would just tune his own East thick E the thickest lowest string E down to D he tunes that down to D for Hatfield. And mm. most of the time he would switch to his uh, Chet Atkins acoustic, which is what he played back then as the mm-hmm. other guitar, or he would do it himself sometimes. So I yeah. just need to be ready for that if it happened. And sometimes he would just change. He just felt like changing guitars just to mm-hmm. get a different vibe. So I'd have to be cognizant of that. And then, once he did that, I would take the other guitar that he just took off back and tune to my little world and tune it, then put it back on the stand and be ready. That be ready next time he wanted to change back to it. Um, from for so uh, would would the switch be be like uh, mostly for for a change in in how it's tuned as opposed to like the sound? Not always. Certain, Sometimes mm-hmm. he just liked to you know I don't think Mix he really up. thought about it too much other than mm-hmm. like oh I you know what? I'm going to play the second half of driving with this acoustic now, mm, or it's mm. technically wasn't an acoustic guitar, but it sounded like an acoustic guitar. Right. It's a Gibson Chet Atkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, you know, just that. And then sometimes he might start with that guitar and then switch to the uh, Washburn electric or, um, and also if there was something he wanted to hear different in his monitors, like, so they have these in-ear monitors mm-hmm. where they can hear everything, what people are doing. And, you know, there's a monitor engineer over on the side of the stage that, uh, I, like JB would come and tell me like, Hey, I need to hear the snare more, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I would run over to either, I, I had like a little intercom system with like a little phone that would call mm-hmm. and talk to the monitor guy and tell so him. So would he JB not talk wanted. directly to the monitor guy, like with his, you know, hand it, signals and stuff? There was some things he could signal him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like Sometimes snare would probably be more. like mm-hmm. sna- snare. I want more snare mm-hmm. or, uh, hat right i need more hi-hat or i, but if I it was want something, i want more hi-hat please yeah but if it was something like he couldn't articulate with a hand signal he'd tell me or he okay. you know like i remember one time God, i can't remember where it was he was like god can you can you can you see if dave will turn down and i was like oh god okay <laughs> don't make I'll me do ask it. that question dude. and then i asked dave and dave was like <laughs> And, and I don't blame either one of those guys one bit. I get it. Right. When you're at that yeah. level and you're working on in that big a place with those emotions, mm-hmm. man, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and then Mike, Mike would want stuff like uh, he would, he would definitely tell me if he wanted something changed in his monitors, he wouldn't try to get the monitor guy. He'd just tell me, mm-hmm. or, you know, he would say, you know, tell me, uh, oh, just, just random stuff. I remember one time he brought the, he, the volume pedals. I may have told you this story. Oh, no. The volume, volume pedals, pedals broke. One of them broke and they have a string in them that holds like the tension mm-hmm. and the, string broke because he probably just had worn the thing out over the course of the year you need to have like five backups sam there's no dude we had so many volume pedals i still have more i still have every volume pedal i've ever had in the past 22 years has come from them i Mm. and i still have like six just sitting around but anyway yes we had many many so he played two he had two that he worked during the show mainly one i think he used two at one point um, okay. but when I was there, it was just one. And then he had the Wawa as well that if, right. if he wanted to use it, but anyway, I remember one time the, the, the string broke and he was like, he would give me this. Like if he wanted me to come over mm-hmm. and tell me something, he'd go, 
And uh, I, I was, and he goes, I have maximum volume. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, I have maximum volume. And I was like, okay. And like, it was, I think it was at the end of Pilgrims. And I was like, holy shit, he's killing the solo. And like, literally the, the amp was turned all the way up. Mm. And, uh, and so I was like, okay. And, and so he like looked down at this pedal and went like that and looked down there and the string was broken on the volume pedal. So I flipped the amp off for a minute and swapped out a pedal. And so stuff like that. And, yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, get them there, make sure they have their drinks full. Uh, I remember so, se- several times JB, like when I was told him I was leaving or whatever, he's like, well, you can't be a bartender all your life. You know, telling me that <laughs> kind of just being funny, but I was like, well, all right, man, I get it. So I don't know. I mean, if this is inside baseball then you tell me, but I mean, do you, what, did they have the same drink every night or did it, was it to depend yeah, on the, I think the they day of the slowed- week or it was the same thing every night. Uh, I think Mike was water first set and beer second set. JB was, was beer bud, first bud set. Bud heavy, like all through the all through the. I know it was beer. It was bud heavy in the mid early nineties. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was Budweiser for yeah. for uh, Mike, and then JB drank beer up until drums, and then he would usually have some sort of liquor drink after that. Mm. Okay, and you only took there. You were the only there bartenders. Nobody else Everybody during else the show. There. Yes, right. during the show. Yes. <laughs> um, so, did Mike just play the one guitar, like the the he, Telecaster Deluxe? Right. He had um he had three of them. So the first one he bought off the shelf, uh, as is, and then he had Fender make him two more to those specs later a few mm-hmm. years later i don't i don't know the exact time that that mm-hmm. timeline of the second two um he would play a different tuning for surprise valley which was the the e the high e the thinnest string at the at the bottom down to d happy was uh low low e down to d so in those cases, you were you had a different. Yeah, we did it. We get a guitar change. swap. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I've told you the story, but they did probably Surprise Valley in the Henry Parsons once, and I remember I went out there to like tapped him on the shoulder to do the guitar guitar change back to the standard tuning for Henry Parsons, and he was like, "No," Shook and you he off, played like you like you threw. Your, he's like, "I'm not throwing yeah, curveball here." Or, I'm not I feel like we've ball. talked about this. No, but, no, I don't think I've heard this one. But he played somewhere. He played Henry Parsons with the high E turned down to D. Hmm. So I need to. I want to hear that. How did so you like? Was it a was tell. it a Surprise Valley sandwich or it was just a Surprise Valley into Parsons? Probably Surprise Valley into Henry Parsons. Yeah. For some reason, that's this venue in Pittsburgh comes to mind. That hmm. IC Light Amphitheater, right. which was just like a big shell, like an airplane hangar. Basically. So did you like how the Henry Parsons sounded or you don't, do you remember? And I, I need to listen to it. Yeah. I, I couldn't really, I didn't probably didn't like pay super close attention at yeah. the time. Um, so then the switch out for him was just for those tunings specifically. Yeah. And then um, he, if they played, uh, Oh, JB also tuned uh, to an open G tuning for party at mom's. And later, and uh, what's that blues song they always did right after it? Stop breaking Stop down. Stop breaking down. So JB did tune to open G for that for those for both of those. And 
Mike had that. Mike wanted two slides out there for party at mom's because he played the first half of it, you know, with the slide. And then once mm-hmm. they hit sped up and went to the jam, it, he didn't like take his slide off nicely and set it down. He just slung it off his hand. I, several times I've seen it just go flying across the stage. So he needed to have another one there when, uh, when they got to the end of the song again. So he would, he would play the first part with the slide and then yeah. it would end up somewhere on the stage and then yeah. he would play solo and then it was time to come back in. He grabbed the second one. Yeah, I t- pro- we probably lost a couple that way too. They probably went off the s- front of the stage, or I feel like someone stepped on one one time or something. Mm. Um, so he played slide on on Party at Moms and Barstools. I was listening to All Time Low, an All Time Low could call. Were they were those only three? I think. I think. Yeah. Maybe. Um, probably. He, he didn't play slide on um, Stop Breaking Down. That was all JB. Correct. Um, the so I was I was looking to find that little tra- the track that I was going to play at the beginning of the show, which ended up being the Arlene from from the Palace in in '06, was in on like the fourth was a bar big old bar stools that you played on, and I was listening to it and I was like, I wonder if Sam plays slide on this, and I was going to say no. Is that right? I did not. Okay. I just used my finger, kind of like right. a slide. Yeah, I was a little. I didn't play a lot of slide, and I was kind of nervous. I mean, it's such, up, sig- boy, it's, it such a, it's yeah, and it's such a signature sound, right? I mean, yeah, you could probably get closer with your fingers than you could like. I felt that would be my best. Yeah, that <laughs> was your best bet. Best right. bet at that time. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So that's that's all. That's really cool. So. um all right. Well, I think we should, should. Do you think we should play some tunes for the people? Yeah, and we're starting okay. with the Eugene. Should we talk yes. about it now? Maybe I could just preface it. Yeah, let's preface talk it about a little it. bit. Just set the scene a little bit for the people. You were you were so, there, right? You're working. Yes, this, is this your... was an awesome one of my favorite show. Maybe my favorite show of that tour. Okay. Uh, 2000, the Holt Center, H U L T in Eugene. Beautiful mm. venue. I know the Dead played there in like eighty three, eighty four, maybe. Is indoor uh, indoor place. indoor yeah. beautiful like definitely put some money into it you know acoustics stuff on the wall it was like mm-hmm. definitely a performance mm-hmm. venue and it was awesome and um i remember that seeing that there was the opener was disco ride me high and uh i know mike used the wah for ride me high so i went to the he had a Morley wah at the time and uh, those have a level control and you can control like when you engage it, you can like say, I want to turn it up this much. So I cranked the shit out of it because <laughs> I don't know, man, maybe I just felt like I just wanted him to go nuts. You know, mm. I just wanted him to just kill it. And that night specifically, I don't know why, I don't know why, but I was like, I just want to crank it this night. So when he (laughs) kicks on the wall, you'll hear it. I remember like, I swear. I remember hearing it like vibrate the PA. I was like kind of under the PA. Uh, And man, they're just on fire this night. It's like disco uh, ride me high. No sugar out of the gate. Just Mm -hmm. balls to the wall. Fifth gear. Yeah. Uh, They just really excellent show. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So you may have heard it before, but you haven't heard it like this. Cause this is from 
from Sam's special box of goodies. But um, the things that stuck out to me besides Disco being my favorite opener of all time. Have we talked about this? Do you have, can you beat Disco as an opener? Man, it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's hard to argue that. I get it. I mean, maybe Space Wrangler, you could say, but I, don't I mean, know. we could Disco's go down through thing. the list, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's Disco opener, and, you know, it's, it's a hi hat in your, in your face. And then, um, and then Ride Me High, which is just like you said, just please just listen to the wall. And then No Sugar. And it was like, I, I couldn't remember. I, I mean, I'm sure it exists, but it was like you're 15 minutes into the show and JB hadn't sung a line, a line yet with an opener and a big jojo song yeah like, and yeah. so it was like he almost was like he was getting after it you know what i mean because he was like ready to go i love uh, the no sugars then because mike's playing the lead channel on the soldano the whole time and he is just getting after it and mm-hmm. he like every after every verse mike mike just mm-hmm. mike mike i mean <laughs> anyway listen enjoy yeah uh, it made me so happy to listen to this. Still going from before. It's just been rocking out behind us the whole time. All right, so this is uh, the Holt Center from Eugene, Oregon, November eighth, two thousand. Opener, set one, first three out of the gate, vomit. Three songs of the first set, and uh, so we're gonna step away. We'll come back. Hey, there, Eugene.
That was um, that was badass. Is what that was. What's up now? That's all I can say. It's like holy shit, dude. Um, that was yeah. So much happiness in my heart right now. Just hearing that. Um, November eighth, uh, the year two thousand, in Eugene, Oregon. That was the first three songs of the show. Yeah, I mean, they could have stopped after that and been like, "Okay, we'll see you." See you. Yeah, and I don't think anybody would ask for their money back or anything. Um, I was looking at that set list, and there is a there is an only time set list uh, appearance, like position appearance for a song in that show that has never been, has never, never occurred prior and never occurred after that. Oh, I'm curious. What is it? It is a second set. Nobody's loss opener. Cool. And also, um, I remember Dave played stand up. Mm, yeah. That. that, that was, I for sure remember seeing that in 99. And so I guess, was that like a, every time or just like no. sometimes? Yeah. No, I don't know I, what precipitated yeah. it, but, uh, I remember seeing that at, oh, in man. Lexington four twenty three ninety nine. He did that in the encore okay. and on the base loss, which was pretty sweet. Um, I love that song. That's such a cool, like Jojo song. And I had one of my friends, Chris Raybold, uh, one of my best friends, he, he and I were texting one time and he was like, you know what, you know what more than any drama, drugs, death has plagued this band more than anything. And I was like, no, what? And he was like, getting the lyric right about looking to, you know, in, to the sunset and, and the, is it the east or the west? And I just cracked up. I can't, he worded it very well where I, it yeah. was. That's but awesome. I was, I was like, God, it's so funny. It, it got to a point where I almost felt like they were trying to, especially like JB and JoJo, yeah. just never saying the same thing ever. He was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, I could continue see that. Continue the streak of never JB, singing the same thing. JB would, when he would sing with JoJo, he would turn that mic to where he could almost see him. Like, I don't think he really wanted to make eye contact with him. He just kind of wanted to see his outline or something. Right. But he would get kind of turned when they would sing together. Was, yeah. Love that stuff. Um, so yeah, so highlight of that was, I mean, so tell me about whatever you did to the wah on that ride me high. Cause well, man, all, all I did was in it. all I did was turn the volume up. So when he engaged it, it was all the way loud. Okay. He, his touch, his sense of touch engagement, touch his sense of like, playing with the rest of the band, playing with his amp, playing with his fingers. You know, he, he's working really hard right there to make mm -hmm. that happen. And mm -hmm. sometimes I think that's a good thing mm -hmm. to make, to make the artists like have to not struggle, but you right. know, they have to work at it. I, I think there's some good stuff that can come out of that. Yeah. I wasn't trying to make it hard on him or anything. I just mm -hmm. wanted it to be a, when he hit that thing, I just wanted it to be like, boom. So is that, I mean, obviously that's out in the crowd. Could he tell it in his monitor that it was louder? Oh, well, his, his speakers are right behind him. So he, but he liked it, man. He, I know he did, you know, otherwise he would have said yeah. something. Right. Um, he was just had such good touch and such good feel and, and man, you know, such good intonation, which is where you play it on the neck. Is it in tune? Like, cause 
a lot of people don't have that kind of touch where you play a note up here on the neck and it maybe doesn't sounds a little sharp or a little flat, mm. man. He had just such a good feel, you know, for that stuff. And, uh, he was, he was amazing, a really amazing player. And I've never heard anyone like him mm-hmm. to touch yeah. something deep inside many, many people. Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, I, I, Jeff and I text about panic more. We did it more than we have recently just because, you know, things, life is what it is. Yeah. But I forget what I heard. I I don't remember what it is. It'll come to me eventually, but it was some, it was some show that was on and I heard it and I texted him and was like, I'm perfectly happy going to see panic still today. Like it's great to see that they're still playing, but like, that band is the band that I that like moves my soul and like me trying to chase that with and again no like nothing against the people that still go see the band or that yeah God bless the fact that the band is still playing yeah but nothing against that but it's like I'm not gonna be able to get that with this band I what I fell in love with was the band that played you know from 1986 to 2002 and like i need to remember that and then like like to give myself like to give the band that exists today grace and you know what i mean and like be, yeah of course they are and that's awesome and but it's not what that was you know what i mean it's, yeah time ruined everything man yeah right it eventually does i guess uh but i you know i wrestled with that for years you know mm-hmm. uh and always try to come back to the there's a greater good. They're still doing it. There's, yeah. you know, there's still people from the original band bid defending off their mm-hmm. playing. Uh, and there are people it, that are totally like, you know, having the same level of joy out in the crowd that, as there course. were before. Right. And that's yeah, man. what it's all about. Um, I mean, I remember yeah. t- telling when Candace Brightman, who was the lighting designer for the dead, mm-hmm. Uh, she was out with panic when I was out uh, actually when I was playing and then like that summer and stuff. And I remember telling her, I was, I said, uh, Oh, I'm so happy that I got to see the dead with Brent. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he was great, but you should have seen Pigpen." And I was like, <laughs> Oh shit. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but it's apples and oranges and I hear what right. you're saying, but yeah, like what we just listened to dude, I, fills me fills my yeah. heart and god bless dave jb and uh jojo and sunny for still getting out there and doing it and then those jimmy and Dwayne for mm-hmm. doing what they do because Carrying the torch right it yeah. is you know let no man tear down what they build in 16 years or whatever mm-hmm. however you want to phrase it you know it's still going strong and and yeah, yeah. So, hopefully this, we'll live on hopefully there's people discovering mike and todd daily you know i don't know but that would be cool. Yeah. And I mean, that was something that struck me, you know, soon after Mike passed was um, how lucky we are that there is such documentation of what he did. Right. You know, I mean, um, we're still finding today, you know what I mean? But just like that, there was that people were so, I mean, and I mean, you did a lot of that heavy lifting back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Guys like you and and other folks who went all around and, you know, plug tape decks in or put microphones in the air and documented yeah. 
uh, a band that was, you know, on a freaking riding a meteor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, lightning in a bottle for sure. Uh, they they had something. They proved it every night. They lived on the road, built it one one fan at a time, mm. and that's why it's still going. It's organic. It was organically built. There were people who were invested in it. It wasn't like pushed on anyone. It wasn't spoon fed to anyone. It wasn't promoted. It wasn't incentivized. Mm. It was legitimate, organic. You go to this concert, you make connection, you want to go again, you meet people that change your life in the crowd, in the mm -hmm. band, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, it, it's just, you know, there's there's lots of lots of people's lives that were changed for the better. And, I, you know, put me on a certain path. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Let's let's talk again about next week you're going to be in atlanta now i heard rumors that maybe you guys are going to hit the road a little bit in the fall is that a thing that's happening and i don't mean Man, to, i'm not i'm not trying to pin yeah. it down as you know but if it's something that you want to talk about let's talk about it i don't know uh yeah. there's some feelers out okay. i don't we don't have anything even uh, really close to being solidified maybe a couple of things that you know we're talking about but um not opposed to it not opposed, not at all. Yeah. I'd love to, you know, I've got some feelers out in Texas, got some feelers out for Savannah, some Nashville. Um, we'll see. It's yeah. tough. You know, everyone's got their own thing. Everyone's got a family. Everyone's got uh, their, their job. So mm -hmm. uh, I just feel very fortunate that I can still do this, that we can still do this. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, um, so we're playing stuff from 2000 tonight, but you, I, I can't, I'm, I should, should have looked it up. I feel like you texted me recently about seeing the light a little bit about 1996. Was there? Yeah. I'm trying to think what it was. Uh, I think I watched a video that was the end of space wrangler. What well, was the space wrangler from the Tennessee theater? Like mm. fall 2096, mm. excuse me. Yeah. 1022 ish. Yeah. One of those nights. There, I will say, I want to, I want to hold on, hold on to that. Okay, I'm holding. But November, I, and I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, and I'm guessing you didn't do the homework, uh, you didn't, you know, understand the assignment. But November second, okay. 1996, I remember Newport, you in Columbus, that Space Wrangler dude. Okay, I, mean, I don't know, like there were literally like flames flying off the guitar. Okay, you okay. Need to to it. it's, I do it's need unlike to anything to I've ever heard. I do when need he to comes listen to in that. on that last solo, but so because of that, I, I have no doubt that 1022 is, all, you know, almost equally scorching because there, that... yeah. So it's like the whole Wranglers on there. It's not a great. It's not like a great video static mm. shot. It's like kind of behind someone, but mm. once they hit the jam, the guy focuses like you, <laughs> Todd. Todd and Mike. It's just mm. like Todd's like switch is flipped. Yeah, he's running the damn thing. Dave is right there with him. Yeah. Mike is, I mean, he's shredding it, dude. Yeah. It's like Randy Rhodes, Tony Iommi, Steve Howe. That's anyway, it, it's so just how, ridiculous. So, so how does that, no, I totally believe it. So how yeah. does it happen that like, because the, the, so the 11-2 show, 
the 1030 show, which is the show before in, in Cleveland, that was a space wrangler. It's like, how does a song like become a thing for like a period of time? Do you, I mean, do you, do you like, I mean, space wrangler was great and they're great solos at the end. And mm-hmm. that's always, but like, how is it that for a three week period, in the fall of 96 <laughs> that like that that yeah. solo is just like at its most perfect self do you know what i, I mean? think i think they were evolving like literally every time they played mm-hmm. a little bit and you know mm-hmm. it took it was a process over years and uh i think by that point so, like somebody it, locked into something at some point and it was like well, let's do the, let's do this for a little while and... Yeah, I think I think Todd's style changed some, not in the like how he plays kick snare hat, but like maybe his fills and maybe mm-hmm. how he pushes the jam and maybe how he reacts to Mike and how Mike reacts to him and how Dave mm-hmm. reacts to them. Yeah. Uh, it was just constantly evolving. And, you know, I, I think by like 2001, Mike had become more refined, even like he, he mm-hmm. wasn't as explosive with notes, but mm-hmm. he was doing other things to put to get the tension to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ninety six. If if uh, I hope I hope that uh, there can be some more vault releases from ninety six. I know it, I know one time when I was talking to Brown Cat that um ten seven, which is Gainesville, Georgia, was a consideration for mm-hmm. a vault release. So maybe that one will make it out at some point. We'll, we'll take any and all the. Yeah. Back then, man. Now I can't yeah. say '96 is like it. I mean, we're arguing about art here. We're not arguing. Oh, right. We're de- debating art. Everybody's so, got their, you know, yeah. like I like this shade of green, and you like that yes. shade of green, and that's what you're into, and that's yes. there's no judgment here. But for me, that is from from the first yeah. note of Sitinski at, at the Boulder Fox mm-hmm. Theater to the last note at the Atlanta Fox Theater. It doesn't get much better than that for me. Yeah, but. yeah, I hear you, man. It's we need more. We need more high quality re- soundboard and studio recordings from that time period. Yeah, it'd be nice if we could just m- make that happen. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it. I hope. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Right. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So, okay. Anything else we want to talk about on that 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 uh, Eugene show? Uh, man, I saw someone maybe said, uh, the low rider that night the is out of rider. control. Very yeah. much. Okay. Very much out so of control. That's, low rider. You, you give it the, uh, the same old stamp of approval on that Abs- one? Yes. Here it is. Yes. Sean Wilkerson says yes. Yes. Yeah, so, he's correct. I, that whole show, I'm telling you, that that may be my favorite show of the tour, and that tour mm. is my favorite tour. Mm. Uh I can't say enough about it, man. It, yeah. You know, it's very personal and digging out these tapes and listening to them has just, it'll change my day, man. It'll like, mm. it'll make me happy. It'll, it'll make me maybe give someone the benefit of the doubt or see the good in something. I'm not, I'm serious, mm. you know, it yeah. takes me back to a place where things were more simple and, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe shit isn't so desperate as I think right. it is. Mm. Well said. Um, by the way, Sam, uh, good job on the memory for the IC Light Amphitheater. Is that Seven, what it is? Seven fifteen oh one. That's probably is, it. Is the I was the only Surprise Valley Henry Parsons I could find from yeah. the, from the Sam Holt era uh, with the band. 
So that must be it. I don't know if you'll be able to tell much difference. Maybe a few notes might sound different in the Henry Parsons jam. Yeah. Um, some other, some other, you know, uh, moments from that show. B of D opener. Okay. I mean, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, and a uh, baby, let me hold your hand in the first set. I don't remember don't that. See that. That's and, cool. Um, yeah, and another no sugar at the end of the second set. So. Uh, no sugar yeah i love no sugars back then because mm-hmm. i mean that one we just listened to I, I listened to it again while we were while i was rolling and mm-hmm. and mike's cooking and then jb mm-hmm. almost has to get in there and cut him off to get the next <laughs> verse going I, uh, I love it man they're like pushing each other making each other work yeah love it love that um all right man well you know i very much appreciate the time as always and uh, yeah you know i appreciate the opportunity to come on here and and promote my our shows and and i will also have sandbox cds at those shows okay cool barbette uh mike's wife gave me a couple boxes i I feel pretty confident those are the last ones in the world oh no doubt we will be selling them uh at the shows and proceeds along with the poster sales We'll go to Nucci Space in earmarked for the Mikey Hauser preempt mm. music program in Athens. Uh, so that if you don't own that CD, then get yourself down there. And if buy you still it. have a CD player, <laughs> I think I have one in my car. I think that's yeah, I know, man. <laughs> I've become an obsolete, and uh, uh, but yes. Um, and th- yeah, thank you for this opportunity. It's a pleasure to come on and, and speak about. Uh, this stuff that was so much a part of our lives still is. And, uh, you know, it's just, I appreciate it. I'm very grateful no. of, of everything. For everything. I mean, we, uh, you know, it's, uh, Jeff wanted to be on here tonight and he, it was a, it was a busy week for him. And, He's probably um, watching wrestling, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, I, he might've, he might be. I hope he so. made it, he made it sound more important than that, but, uh, it's possible. Um, I hope he and, is. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, we, we enjoy doing this and I mean, I love listening to panic, but it's like, there's also like, you know, life gets in the way. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, um, I appreciate that, that we can, can share these moments together because, uh, they're, they were awesome moments and uh, there are plenty still to listen to even 125 episodes in or wherever we are. Yeah. So. Hey, uh, are we going to talk about the tracks we're going to go out on? That's yeah, we should. Is there anything else we want to talk about before that? Um, uh, no, I think I covered the things that I wanted to cover. Is there okay. anything else that you wanted to, what, guess when, not. when does, uh, when does school start for Hayden? Eight ten. Eight ten. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we're eight eleven here. So that's, yes. That's why I will not be in Atlanta, unfortunately, because that's a hard sell. To my wife will uh, take care of that. God bless her. Mm. I'm very, very lucky. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Yeah. No, that's all I got, man. Okay. Well. Uh, what, what, what should be? What? So you've you've made all the case for why it's going to be an awesome show down there, and you've got fantastic merch. Um, People should go buy tickets, right? What the, the same whole band? What, what's the what's the best yes, way to do that? You could go. I'm sure on like if you got 
Facebook, go to our page. I've, there has to be a link. Uh, if you go to the Sam Holt Band Instagram in our bio, there's a link. Okay. I know the first night, the 810 show, is, we got a lot of pre-sales. So if you want to come, mm. get your tickets. Uh, the other two nights, we have sales, but not as many as the first night. But mm. I suggest if you want to be there, get your tickets. And if you can't make it, I understand. You're, if you go to panic and get your head blown off for three hours, I get it. I, I wouldn't probably go out to a bar at midnight after that, but it'll be worth your while. If you can I'll be there, we'll be there. Yeah. And yeah. you know, uh, we're going to pay tribute to Mike Yeah, and Todd really. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Awesome. And Danny Hutchins too, probably. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for carrying the torch forward as well. Yeah, man. I, I'm I'm proud to do it. I just don't want this music to die. Yeah. Um all right, man. Well, so let's talk about what, what uh we're gonna we're gonna head out on. So we we got yes. another uh a two thousand thing, right? Yes, it is November 29th, Champaign, Illinois, and it's the beginning of the second set, which was sandbox driving. The whole driving, mm. breathing slow, B of D. Uh, again, this is a cassette that I had lost for 20 years and found at my buddy KJ's house and just transferred transferred it to uh, digital and sent it to you. Um, it is, it's crazy. It's really, the guitars are super hot in the mix. Uh Mike's guitar is JB's guitar is too there. It's that again, that fall 2000. Um, the highlight for me is the breathing slow and the B of D. It is just mm. sick, mm-hmm. sick jam led by Mike. Uh, Mike was very much in control during this whole segment. Um, they were keying off him. I felt. And uh, I feel like the two it, nights after this get most of the attention, the Murray yeah. and the Carbondale. But again, like, when when the band is on fire one night, they're likely probably playing pretty well the night before. <laughs> yeah, they, it was like uh, I heard JB describe it somewhere many years ago as, as Groundhog's Day. It's like they just show up and things are basically the same, but it's a little bit different, you know, a different mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like the production was dialed in at this point, and it was just uh, they could get up there and just let it fly. And I know that – so you'll hear in the sandbox – Andy Meyer, who was the sound mixer, they hadn't played. I don't know if they played Sandbox this tour, so he'd probably never heard it. Mm. And I know he was he would struggle to figure out when Mike was singing and when he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And Mike didn't sing very loud, so I know I know during the Sandbox when they switched to like the solo section, like the big jam in the middle. It's not mm-hmm. very long mm-hmm. that. At some point, like in a couple bars into it, he figures out that it's going to be a solo section and he mutes Mike's vocal. So Mike's guitar completely goes away for a minute because because if he if he he had to turn up Mike's vocal mic so loud that you were he, you're hearing mm, you pick up so much guitar through it. it. Right. So once he figures out that it's going to be a solo, he mutes the vocal mic which means most of the guitar goes away and then pulls up the and it's going to bring it up our mic so it's might if you listen closely you might be like what's going on so Mm -hmm. that's what's going on um 
so yeah that was the that was the first sandbox in 69 shows from okay the, the previous one was at, uh, in may of 2000 at the myrtle beach shows okay so, didn't and play i will it all say that, that summer. i will say that i noticed that dave probably wasn't the happiest to be playing sandbox to start okay. that second set not like he wasn't like being a, a jerk but right it's kind of it, it's a I bit could, of a snoozer for 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 Dave. You know, there may have been an eye roll, <laughs> but I, again, some of that this is, is what, what made, is what made widespread panic, right? Honestly, yeah. I one of my friends said if you if you haven't seen Dave kind of mad, you haven't seen you a have, good show. You haven't seen panic. <laughs> I hate to say that, but there's some truth in there. I promise. Yeah, no, no. It's like uh, and he, Dave would, Dave would agree. You know, back in the old days, there was, there was some of that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, uh, some, some like baseball pitcher would be like, you know, he only pitches well when he's pissed off. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Like they would, there was definitely some of that, some of that back and forth tension that led to some insane music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, like brothers, man. You know, yeah, see each other. Yeah. Not. Um, well, thanks again, Sam, and and best of luck. Uh, I hope everybody gets down. I really, 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 really. Jeff and I even talked about going to the eight ten show, mm-hmm. panic, and doing the late night, and then, um, and then when like first day of school, so the next day is just yeah, it's dude. hard. It's going to be, I, my wife's going to come. Uh, she's going to, her, my mother-in-law will help with Hayden the first day of school. So we're lucky to have that. Okay. Uh, and man, I thank you. Yeah. If you're watching this or listening now or in the future, uh, thank you. And Mike Hauser lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and we'll go, we'll go out with Champaign, Illinois, November 29th, 2000. Thanks a lot, Sam.
Yeah.
Thank you.